I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for just continuing just to hang in there with me to get, to get back on your oh, show. How crazy the world has gotten. I'm telling you, I, I cannot believe how things have changed in the last year. And then from, you know, when this COVID thing started, how the world changed totally from anything that's ever been. I mean, it's just amazing to me what we're dealing with right now. It's it's absolutely incredible. So I um I have a lot of questions and okay. I've had a lot of life-changing experiences myself. Um, you know, feeling very awakened as we've been going through this process and kind of seeing the writing on the wall. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people in the world who are coming to see that, you know, there's a very, um, dark agenda, a very evil agenda. Um, mm-hmm. we've talked, we've talked quite a bit, even on this podcast about, uh, the deep state, the cabal, kind of some of the stuff that's happening. But I've been watching quite a few videos. I've actually recently attended, uh, started attending a church. I've, I've had a lot of kind of come to Jesus moments in the past year. Um, listeners of the podcast know that I've been fairly metaphysically oriented, fairly new agey. That's, yes. that's completely shifted. Oh, yes. Um, there, there, there's no space for that. Um, I'm seeing just how, you know, Luciferian that, that is. Um, yes. so lots of kind of big stuff for me even. Um, but, but my, my big questions just to kind of summarize, and then we can kind of dive into this. Um, is America Babylon? Is the antidote to the, the vaccinations, the mark of the beast? Um, you know, is, is there, an RFID chip of some sort in the vaccine. Um, how does this play out in revelations? I've certainly been kind of diving into the scripture every day myself. I'm just curious with your extensive knowledge, you know, biblically speaking, Yes. what are your thoughts? And I'll let you just kind of run with it because I'm sure you have, um, you know, just a lot of, of thoughts on all that. Sure. Sure. I'd be glad to, you know, go through, all of that with you, you know, according to what my research shows and that kind of thing. It's, and it's pretty extensive. I'm, I'm really glad before we get started that you have seen the light and got out a new age because the new age is a way to entrap people who really don't get the whole picture because they're not reading the scriptures and taking time to understand them. And I've seen so many people step out into those metaphysical kinds of things and just get drawn into this rabbit hole. And that's where Satan can take you into directions that lead you so far away from God. And um, it's a tough thing right now to get people to just pay attention and wake up. Well, and, uh, you, you know, we can talk about it a little bit, but you, you be uh, astonished at yeah. some of the life changing experiences that I have had in the way of dreams that I don't believe were dreams. One in particular where I believe I made a choice. Um, 
by calling out in prayer in the yes. dream. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, God help me, God help me kind of a thing. Yes. And I believe that it was a choice. I believe that there was a moment where I had gotten deep enough into um, new age meditation, illumination, uh, manifestation, etc. all of the various different things that I've shared wildly on this podcast, um, you know, where I was meditating upwards of, you know, two, three hours a day. And the experiences that I was, was having were definitely not in this body. And I believe that there came a point where it's like, okay, you, you know, too much now, or you've been enlightened enough now that you need to recognize that this is not this is not divinely guided by God and Jesus Christ. This is really dark. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, so, I really do understand all every bit of that. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, what's funny is, so I've been reading quite a bit. I've been um, following this guy, Steve Bancross, who was heavy in the new age, um, real big come to Jesus kind of guy. And, you know, I really truly believe that my upbringing um, at being Baptist being baptized Baptist young, um, growing up in a very Christian household is probably what saved me at the 11th I'm sure. Hour. It's kind of like the prodigal son. If you place the seeds, it just seems like the seeds are ever planted. When you come to those crossroads, you have something to fall back on, and you, and it, you just open your eyes and you see it. It's almost like really Saul on the road to Damascus. It's so like, what's wow. happened? So what's happened to me in the past month, and I haven't shared this yet on this podcast. So this is a, is a good time. And of course, I want the, you to share with the listeners who you are and your background too. But I literally have rid my space, my home of, I, I mean, I stacked it all up on the dining table, Dr. Joy, you would not believe <laughs> the amount of idolatry. I mean, I'm yes. talking um, everything from Oracle cards to books, to jewelry, to Yes. Uh, Buddha. I, I had no idea how deep I was until I put it all out. And, and what happened was I had this, um, I had this incredible experience one morning of, you know, I never understood. I, I really disliked shame, purgatory, all of that. I never understood how that could be a part of things. You know, me going down the journey of new age began as a self-help movement, mm -hmm. um, and ended up becoming, wow, this is really powerful. I'm oh, in yes. control of my destiny. Yes. And then it was always guided in light and love, love and light. Oh, yeah. You know, it was never like, guided. <laughs> yes. I'm going to yes. know all the secrets of the universe. Like oh, that yes. wasn't my Just keep going objective. with it. <laughs> yes. Right. And uh, so I woke up one morning and I had this epic, I'd been diving into um, scripture uh, for a period of time, trying to kind of figure things out in my life, in my head, make sense of things. And um, I had this moment where I realized, wow, I understand. And it, 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 I can't even really describe it in such a way that it, it would even touch the experience. But the experience was I was sitting in bed five o'clock in the morning. I'd been spending mornings, you know, in my Bible and I realized that the love of Jesus Christ is not with judgment. And I know it, it, people say that, but I felt it. I felt that he loves you as you are, just as you are, for all that you've done, for all that you've been through. There is nothing. He just loves you as you are. And I had this like epic heart opening 
bawling my eyes out, like mm-hmm. total moment of, I want to be the very best I can for this person because they love me like this. Yes. It's really hard to describe. And what's funny is I was one of those people like, yeah, 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 whatever. For years <laughs> when people would say that, you know, I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. He loves everybody unconditionally. Mm, sure. You know, like I had mm-hmm. that kind of like pushback on it until I had the experience of knowing him and that changed everything. That day I rid my house of everything and I didn't donate it. It went in to the trash. If I could have torched it on fire, it's California fire season. I couldn't, but if I could have, I would have, it was that profound for me. So this is huge. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners to this podcast are going to hear this and probably recoil quite a bit like, uh Oh, you know, now she's a Bible thumper, but, but I wish that I could sit down one-on-one with some people and share that, you know, my journey into new age was, was driven it by something that I thought was good. That's right. It wasn't until I started to realize the Luciferian undertones of all of it and started having some pretty terrifying night experiences that I don't think were dreams. Mm -hmm. I think they were visits of sorts. And, um, and I really feel like, uh, you know, my, my Christian upbringing po- pulled me away from what was the precipice. Yes. So Did that's a lot mind. to start this podcast. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, you haven't told me anything that I don't know about. So we'll be ready, able and, and willing to talk about every bit of that. And hopefully we can change some people's lives that maybe have been like you. And even like in my past, knowing some things and just really getting the revelation of what really is. And the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Um, can you share with the listeners, because we haven't done this yet, uh, for those of you that missed Dr. Joy's podcast the first time around, she is back, a uh, biblical scholar. And can you share a little bit of your backstory? <laughs> well, you know, I have uh, been a little girl that grew up in South Georgia as a little farm girl. And, of course, I went to school and, and studied many different disciplines, working all the way up through my master's in guidance counseling psychology and all the way into my doctorate. And then, of course, having the opportunity to work with uh, very special people, very handicapped people for many, many years and studying the way that the mind and the body work were very, very important to me. And um, And then when I got into working on my doctorate and being able to see that what we were involved with here in this world, that there was going to be some kind of paradigm shift. I started doing a lot more research. I actually had a strange dream when I was six years old that I truly believe that I saw the end of days and it really resonated with me. I had actually gone to church the first week I was born. My my grandparents were both uh, very, very, very uh, involved with church, one in a Baptist church, Southern Baptist church, and the other ones in primitive Baptist uh, churches. But what happened was in that dream, I believed I saw what was going to be something that would happen in my lifetime. And I believed that I encountered Jesus and that I saw him. I saw what he looked like. And he told me that uh, he would never leave me, that uh, he would always be with me. And so in the fear of being alone and seeing the devastation and then seeing him there to really help me um, realize I was not going to be alone, 
it was an awe experience because when you're that age, you've never seen anything like that. Like I say, I was a little South Georgia girl growing up. We had one, <laughs> one channel on the TV. We didn't even have a telephone. So I'm telling my age, I had never seen anything so devastating for a six year old to actually have envisioned or even thought about. And so when I woke up from that dream, I went running to my grandmother in the other room and woke her up. They lived with my parents and us. And I wanted to go to the church right then. And she assured me that she would take me when the morning came that I needed to lay down and relax. But she knew that I never fell asleep and that it really was important to me. And when I began asking a lot of questions as a young child that nobody could answer, there were a lot of people going, where are, where's this child getting these questions from? But I stayed very active in church and I, like I say, went on through school, studied and, uh, my first two years were in pre-law. I was, my dad really wanted me to be an attorney. And then I studied physical, um, education and, um, and then I went into guidance and counseling psychology and studied all the mental health issues and all the things that happened and then very interested in the mind and how it worked with the body for the whole person. And then I, of course, in my doctorate, it allowed me to take that next step in understanding paradigms and how we were going to be shaped in a new kind of new aged world. And, uh, that allowed me to start doing some thesis work with professors who allowed me to take on religious uh, themes like Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and the last, and and being able to prove that light is a theory because I felt like that pure light stood still in time and that some way that was connected to God. And so because I was able to do that, um, I, I really began studying a lot on my own and developing a resource of a library really to answer questions that I had from what I had seen in that dream, never dreaming that I would be writing books today or that I would be on the History Channel or I would be doing radio and, and TV or if anything, you know, uh, that was never the intent I thought that my life would be leading to. I, I really wanted to be a um, university president and run a big university. So this was a real step. Uh, that God really planned for me from the day I was born. And I can go back now and know that even before I was born, and this was back before there was any way to tell if you were going to have a boy or a girl, that my daddy actually dreamed what I would look like and what my name was to be. And he was told my name was to be Joy, and if you notice it, it's spelled with an E, J-O-Y-E. That was unheard of. But he was told to name me and to spell it that way. And so when he walked in, when my mother delivered, they didn't let the men go in back in those right. days. But he had described what I was going to look like. And, of course, she was holding me. And when he walked in, he said, that's my joy because I looked identical to what he had described. So there's things that's happened in my life that I can truly say that God had me on a path. And I didn't even realize that when I was going to school that the reason I was going through and learning all the particular disciplines and field of study, that it was going to all be necessary for me to do the work that I do now because it brings every discipline out there. I mean, I bring in my research, I touch everything that's out there, even the weirdest things like cloning and, and UFOs and alien abductions mm -hmm. as well as everything that would take you back into ancient history and all the biblical type things and theology and then biotechnology and viruses. So when you read my work, you're going to see there is a huge 
no discipline left out and how it all ties together to bring us to a bigger picture to understand what we are living in and where we're heading very quickly right now to an end of day scenario that really biblical scripture has promised us was going to happen. And we are living in those days. We are that generation. So, you know, it's, it's been a path that I thought I was headed in, in many directions and God had it lined up all, all the time. So I appreciate you letting me talk about a little bit about my past because I will tell you that now that I can look back much like the, there's a poem about footprints and the one footprint in the sand, you know that God was carrying you through every bit of what you went through. And um, I wrote a book called Parables of Joy on a Georgia Farm really for people to get to know me because when you do my do read my research, it's very, very, very detailed. And like I say, it really brings into a lot of things into the disciplines that a lot of people haven't looked at because unfortunately what Satan has been quite good at is that when we've been educated, we have been put with blinders on so that we can only mm-hmm. see if we study to be an ankle doctor. We only know about ankles. We don't understand right. the, really the entire body. So when we study des- disciplines, those blinders have kept us from seeing the bigger picture. And what God did is he took my blinders off and let me see the bigger picture. And that's what my research is all about. So fantastic. And such an honor to have you on at this time, because um, similar to what you've talked about, I've even shared on this podcast, you know, if you had told me that this would be my life journey, I would not have believed you, but yet all these things led to here. And now being what it is, um, which I do, uh, I believe as well, just intuitively, but I, I love to hear how scripture backs this up, that this is the end of days. And now I have this platform where I do feel that I have a duty, a, a mission to, yes. you know, help people, um, in these, what I really do believe are kind of, I mean, not to sound doomsday, but the final, <laughs> the final, uh, you know, hour, the final hours. And, um, I recently watched a couple of incredible YouTube videos and I'm forgetting the gentleman's name now. Um, really profound though, on calculating out the, uh, 70, the, the 7,000 years and, and doing all of the math on everything and how, um, you know, we're in, we're in the final, we're in the final time here. And I've been following the heifer, which you and I talked about on the last podcast, um, you know, that heifer's been born. Um, at least they're watching the heifer and you could probably elaborate on that a little bit more. And then the other thing I've been doing, which has been really a lot of fun, is listening to um, the Bible Mysteries podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he dives into a lot of stuff like you're kind of touching on with, um, you know, the the three heavens and the sea of glass and the seed and the, the seed of the woman and uh, UFOs and aliens and just all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, the giants, what were they called? Um, the Nephilim. The Nephilim. Uh, and Anunnaki so who came to earth, yes. Yes. And so he, so it was really fun. My son and I actually were coming down the Oregon coast and yes. uh, listening to that podcast. And we stopped off to see Paul Bunyan, which I hadn't <laughs> seen since I was a kid. And, you know, it was just like perfect timing to be listening about <laughs> uh, to this podcast about the Nephilim. Uh, Nephilim. Nephilim. How do you say it? And uh, then get to go into Paul Bunyan land. It was great. Well, you know, what a lot of people don't realize, and there are some people who've done really extensive research in this area, but in the United States, there are many, many grave sites of uh, huge, huge structures of people who were definitely giants. And I I know that um, 
you know, sometimes we don't want to believe that, but they have been unearthed all over the world. And what happened was, is it wanted, you know, the people who in the years past did not want us to know about these uh, Nephilim and about the Anunnaki and about the serpent seed and, and how all that came about with the giants. And so when these things were actually unearthed, they went into areas of the Smithsonian that you and I can't go into or the in the uh, Vatican archives or down in the uh, British Museum. You know uh, they've got think, to be somewhere. Yes, oh, yeah, they are. Somewhere. And, they, and they are. And, and the people, you know, I've been really blessed over the years. I've been doing research for a very, very, very long time. And I've been blessed to be able to work with some people that have been on the cutting edge of some of those discoveries. And, um, you know, when we didn't have the World Wide Web, you had to produce a, you know, a, a scientific paper that had to go through intensive review before it ever hit the pages of like Nature magazine or anything, any major what you would call professional uh, journal. And so what would happen is by the time they got to the point of doing that, then someone would come on and discredit it. And then you might get a blip here and a blip there. Well, thank goodness when the Internet became available, they could put the process of here it is with pictures before anybody could really take the stuff and put it away and make, you know, and not make light of what really had been discovered. And so we see that a lot of the discoveries that people had in the past are now being looked at again. And, of course, the research that I've done in, for years and years of years has been on the, the Shroud of Turin, which was the Holy Shroud that wrapped Jesus Christ when he resurrected in the tomb and, and actually his image is imprinted on that cloth. And it is the most researched relic in all of human history. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I get research sometimes three and four documents of scientists that are doing the research on this particular cloth. It's quite amazing, but it's kept very quiet. You don't hear a lot about it, yet the research is extensive. And uh, and it shows and proves now that where they were discrediting it and trying to make it like a, a, a medieval age cloth, and in fact, it's now tested to the time of Jesus Christ, and everything that's on that cloth goes and touches exactly what Jesus had happened to him in a crucifixion state as a man being wrapped in that cloth. So, uh, you know, people don't know that Pope, you know, Francis, when he came on as Pope, he specifically said, that that cloth was real and everyone before had actually said the cloth was real but it was kind of kept quiet uh and, and you just have to go back and you say well then it makes sense because they've kept this cloth under lock and key and and the greatest of technology has been used to preserve it i mean it is the most well-preserved thing in all of human history it's the most researched relic of all human history so it's it's quite amazing to me that yes there have been so many things in the past that we have been kept uh, from knowing about that literally prove the Bible scientifically to be true. And that was one of the things when I started doing my research is that I wanted to use science and religion together. And I'll never forget my first publisher was like, my gracious joy, science is way over here and religion's way over here and the two will never come together. And I said, oh, yes, they are. And I'm proving it yeah. in the work that I'm doing because I'm going to prove that the Bible, everything is said in that Bible is 100 percent and science is going to catch up with it. And that's exactly what has happened. Science is finally catching up with scripture. It's absolutely, it is absolutely happening right before our eyes. And I, I've said numerous times to many people, this is a spiritual war. 
you know, and we're sitting here fighting over, uh, you know, mask and jab mandates as if they're not two wings of the same bird. I, I completely disagree with these things. However, it, you know, what it, all that that is doing is distracting us because it's not, it's not <laughs> left versus right. It's right. the bird of left and right versus them, the <laughs> Luciferian yes. leaders of the free world, you know? You're, you're totally correct. And I, you know, when I first did some of my books, when I did the Beguiled, uh, series and when I also did the Eden series, I tried to show that that was what was the case, that there was no such thing as really as Republican and Democrats back in the day because the two people who were actually running for president at the time were both skull and bones boys and they were on the same side. They were just playing a Hegelian dialect where they were making you think they were yep. one side believe this and one side believe that. And people didn't want to hear that. People wanted to trust their government. And so, you know, there's a lot of controversy in, in having to come to terms with the fact that they are literally playing us like idiots. And exactly. they, they play two sides of the coin to get people yep. to go this way and that way because it keeps us divided. Yep. And as long as they can keep the common, what I call the, the children of God, dividing and fighting with each other, they just continue to do their evil and corral us to the point that where they have us now, almost to the point where they're going to make you into a uh, beehive mind. And I called it universal collective consciousness in which they connect us all back together just like the Tower of Babel, which was, you know, Satan's big thing before um god broke it all up after the flood and it's and it's really quite amazing how the process is being done right before people's eyes and yet they're so blinded because like you say they're so caught up in what this one's saying and what's that one saying and they're not going it's like i've always said even in my work when you looked at the harry potter series you had black magic but you also had had white magic but in reality they were both magic they were not of God. White magic's not of God. Black magic's not of God. But they make you side with, let's say, Harry Potter to go after the evil guys, okay? And, and they play that. You have to be careful because what happens if you go back and look at Scripture, what was the first thing that appeared in Scripture that was not after its kind and was mixed? Everything had been seed after its kind, and it, in, in Scripture, it was good, and this was good. Until we get to the tree of good and evil and we're told to stay away from it why because it's got good and evil mixed together like white magic black magic or like you know politics being played out in front of your eyes which clearly it would not matter really who was in involved in running the world the process would be more this way or that way, but we would still be headed in the same direction. And some people just can't wrap their minds around that, that it's still headed down a, a time period toward an end. And we are in that so, countdown toward the end. The 70 years of David or whatnot. Well, we're the 70 years of Daniel and where Daniel. they took the year out and that, you know, that we would get to the final, what they call the tribulation period in scripture. And that tribulational period would be a, a seven year period. And during that time, the main thing that would be the, the, what I think is the thing that tells you that we're in it is that it was going to be like a woman in travail. Once it starts, it doesn't go back better. It gradually gets worse, 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 and worse until you either have the, the catching away, which many people call the rapture, or you end up, if you stay here, 
uh, either being marked by the mark of the beast and then ending up with this with actually the second coming of Jesus Christ, which happens at the Battle of Armageddon in the Valley of Medigedo. It's located over there in the Middle East. It's a perfect, perfect natural battleground area that even Patton and MacArthur and all them said it was a perfect battleground. It was created by God, and that's where the final battle is going to take place. So in the past geographically, years, have, where geographically, where is that in the world? It's today? over in the it's over in the Middle East near Israel, right there near Israel. And it's called the Valley of Medigedo. And you can go and you can Google that and it will show wow. you that, you know, today you can look at it on Google Maps and whatever and get to wow. see the the enormity of that battle area and how that was set up. But it's amazing that all the people who were some of our greatest generals who visited that place, General Patton, General uh, MacArthur, they were amazed when they stood there and looked at it, the perfect battlefield, the perfect battlefield. And for them wow. to say that and to know that Scripture has told us that that final battle is going to happen there is quite, you know, it's not a coincidence. It was planned. And and so when we look at all this coming together and seeing an end of days and the, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse and that kind of thing, you have to look, when did we step over the edge? And, of course, we can look back in history, and we have had World War One, World War Two. We've had, you know, Vietnam Wars, but we would recover. We would come back. In other words, where things were bad, we would come back. We would have, you know, diseases and things of that nature, but we would get better, and things would get better, and we would come back. If we had the Great Depression, we came back. We had the Dust Bowl days, we came back. Today, what we're seeing is that once we had uh, a terrible plague released upon mankind, and it's also in all the – it's getting in all the animal population. Are we talking Very, about COVID? We're talking about COVID, and it's, okay. and it's absolutely going into our, uh, our animals, and I yeah. think it's quite amazing. I'm a, I'm a deer hunter. I hunt, and it's amazing the number of deer – who are coming down with COVID. I mean, it's really? just, oh, yes. They're, I didn't know that the deer population. Wow. Eat up with COVID. And so, you know, in all the zoos, they're having problems with everything from uh, apes, you know, gorillas, and, uh, lions. I mean, we're having, we're seeing this start going, is crossing into these other animals wow. and things. And then they can't really identify how did those animals come down with this. So it's a chimeric kind of thing that, that unfortunately, with the research that I've been doing back in uh, in uh, 2008, I guess, or 2007, I wrote in in the first edition of my Eden book that what we were going to see is that there would be a virus and that it would be released with biotech capability, with nanotechnology being used, right. and that it would actually uh, – be a crisis that they started and they manipulated the virus to do with to make it a killer virus and now we call that gain of function uh and at the same time the same people because of the hegelian principle they start the wars and they also have the guns and they come in and they repair wherever right. they've tore up and they make the money off of us right. commoners Problem so the same solution, thing yeah. yes exactly so i was trying to say in my work there that this was going to happen that this was going to be the setup that they were going to do the virus that was going to happen and this is the way they were going to handle it and they were going to come up with a vaccine and with the vaccine they would have things inside the vaccine that would literally control us some would die some would live but the ones that were connected were going to be, you know, uh, utilized to a point of collective consciousness and be linked together. And then because of that link and that choosing far to go to the next step, which would be the mark of the beast, that their souls would be forever lost in hell. 
and that this was going to happen in our lifetime. And so I had been always looking for the, the one thing, that thing that was going to start what I truly believed was a worldwide event. And like I say, we've had World War One, we've had World War Two, but not everybody was in every country was not always in World War One. Right. Every country is not always it's in global. World War Two. Exactly. But what we're looking at now <clears throat> is that we're looking at global. Yep. Everybody is affected by this. And I remember backing out of the driveway with my best friend to go to church, and I told her, "Today, this is different." And she said, "Joy, I will never forget that day because I could look at your face and know your research and know uh-huh. you saw we had stepped in to something." And from that day forward, if you think about it, from that day forward, Michaela. We have not gone back to good. No, no. And we are gradually. That's right. And we won't. And so when you talk about the end of days as being as a woman in travail, we know that when a woman gets pregnant, she's got nine months before she delivers that child. And it's going to go through this period of feeling bad, feeling this, feeling the pain, feeling the sickness. And then as it gets closer, the pains are greater. The sicknesses are greater. The anxiety is greater. The emotions are greater. The hormones are messed up. I mean, the pain gets intense, intense. And instead of it being just one little pain, you've got major pains. You've got hormones. You've got nausea. You've got all the things coming, coming, coming until the child is born. And I you can't to, stop the process. I mean, once it starts, right. unless you There's abort. There's no going back. That's There's it. no going back. That's right. So no going back. you mentioned the, the vaccine, and I'm really curious about this. Is is this something where um, the people that have taken it will have a choice? I mean, because when we talked last April, you said that that would not necessarily be the mark, but the next thing would. Yes. My thing is, is that the mark of the beast is a choice. Right. Uh, right now, people are making choices to go down and, and have a vaccine. But the Bible tells us that that the beast, in other words, the Antichrist will be the one to say, take my mark. And you will know that it's but that you're taking the mark because it is connecting to what he's offering. Right. What And what I think is happening. And, and I've seen this and I've showed this in my research. The first things that we started seeing were the, 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 what I call the radio frequency ID chips. Right. And the fact that we started putting chips on, I mean, I can go back and start when I first started doing this. We didn't, we didn't have credit cards when I was little. Okay. And right. so credit card, I mean, people paid with cash or they wrote a, 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 a check okay. at a bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we went from the credit cards and from the credit cards, we went to the smart cards. And then the uh-huh. smart chip cards and the, ch- the chips that you could stick in or you could now wave and not do it uh-huh. to the point that you didn't have to take it out of your billfold. Right. So we've seen all of this go. And what happened is a long time ago, people had their money. They kept it at home. They didn't even put it in a bank. Uh, you know, and finally they right. started getting they had a lot of interest. They, they kept it on their mattresses. They kept it buried in the yard. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Right. So then people started getting the opportunity to make interest. And borrow money. And so that's how everything got into cyberspace. Well, so you know, that- I was having a conversation too with someone the other day about the Federal Reserve and yes. how evil rooted that was oh, and yes. how, um, you know, the, the wealthiest people were on that Titanic. That wasn't an accident. It's because <laughs> no. they were against the Federal Reserve, which was how the global elite were going to stay the global elite and keep everyone oppressed. It's, it's very interesting if you start looking. This game has been 
a long-term game. And that's and that's why when you read my work, a lot of people say, well, Joy, you go back to the Garden of Eden. You bring everybody through history right up to today. I said, if you don't understand what happened in the garden and get your foundation laid, you're not going to understand who the wheat and tares are and these people that look like us but are not of us and who are running the world. If you don't get that foundation in Genesis and see it move through history and see where we're at and where we're going and why we're there, you just cannot get the bigger picture. And, yes, all of this has been set up to come to the day that we're in. Like I'm saying, when I was a young girl, these people were working very extensively on getting people to use their money and get your yeah. money out of your hands. Yes. And so the Federal Reserve is not even a government agency. It's, con- it's controlled it's by private. Britain. I just learned that. Yes, it's controlled but, by Britain. And you've got – we never re-ratified the Constitution. A lot of people don't understand that we're under right. – we're under the Queen of England. Right. We are tenants to right. our property, and all they have to do is throw us on to martial law and have yep. us come down to the post office and get a number, and they take everything you've got because you don't own it. Well, so there's now, actually an article floating around that says, you know, by 2030, you'll own nothing and love it. It's like, that's right. What? But you know what's sad? It's it's not even just the financial component. It's the destruction of, of identity, gender, the destruction of family systems, the destruction, I mean, it, it of people being able to grow food for themselves, you sure. know, under the auspices of convenience and social justice and all of these, yes. like, seemingly good things we they literally have broken us down and stripped us to where we we only the very strong and almost conspiracy theory minded (laughs) people are going to yeah i agree you know i I, like i said i grew up on a farm we never went to town we had everything we sustained ourselves on the farm i mean we had everything we needed now Everybody's got to run to Walmart. Well, when the Walmart shelves start getting empty, then everybody starts killing everybody because they're going to take what you've got. There's no love for your fellow man, and that is a spirit of Cain that happened in the garden. And if you don't understand that spirit of Cain and how it's going to manifest itself at the end of days, we're about to see that because what's going to happen is we can't sustain. Your neighbor gets COVID. Don't go near your neighbor. Uh Uh-uh. Ooh, gross. Stay away. Like everybody's turning against each other even just with COVID. That's right, and and this mass mandate and this vaccination mandate has separated the Christians more than anybody. Has yeah. it separated Christianity? That it, the ones in, and you know you've got the mayor now of uh, New York saying that if you don't take the vax, you're not of God. You know, I'm like, whoa, really? Wow, no, I didn't read that anywhere wow. in scripture, and I've been studying this. For a very, very, very long time. But yes, they're making those kind of, uh, you know, comments. And so people that say you should be here and you should be there and you should be doing this, you know, it's, it's separating us out. And, and it's, it is a wise plan. This is the way that Satan has really played the game all the time is to keep separate, separating and causing this animosity and, and stuff uh, with God's children. You know, we're all God's children, except that group that's running the world. It's all connected, you know, through lineage all the way back right. that I trace all the way back to Cain's lineage coming out of uh, the Garden of Eden. That's what I'm saying. If you don't get that foundation and see how uh, Cain and his lineage participated with uh, the the sons of God, which you were talking about earlier, the Anunnaki and the fact that they came upon the daughters of, of men and had the Nephilim, which were the giants and why that brought about you know, the the great flood 
and then how I explain how that got through the flood, how the genes and how the thoroughbred genes were brought back because the the lineage of Canaan, who was Ham's son, that I truly believe was Noah's stepson because it says Ham saw his father's yes. nakedness. And in, in that way, yes. in Scripture, it means he slept with his father's mother, I mean, his father's wife. And I believe it was right. his mother because in pagan uh, practices after the flood, the boys always went back and had a sexual relationship with their mother. And that's how you take recessive genes in, in thoroughbred dogs. You weed out the recessive genes and bring the dominant trait back. And that's how the thoroughbreds and the royal families became so blue blood and why they're called blue blood and how they rule the world. So it's, it's, it's very, it's very scientifically. I can prove all that with, with what I do in my research because I want you to be able to see this is how it was done. And this is why we had remnants of the giants that we know that David killed Goliath. Uh, those things were real. And like I say, they're unearthing them now all over the United States and everywhere else. But now we're able to see them in real life, you know, these big bones and, and they're not being hidden away from us and, and made to believe they did not exist. They did exist. So the, the fact that these things were happening and that they were being every, everything's being lined up in, in um, the world to take away our freedoms. And, and like I say, you were talking about the, the, the uh, you know, the uh, Federal Reserve. People really thought that was a government agency. It's not. The fact that we have a maritime uh, fringe on our flag that stands in our courthouse is meanwhile a maritime law. That's not the United States Constitution. The fact that our Constitution was not really, really re-ratified after the War of the States. And a lot of people who they made us believe that it was fighting against blacks and whites. And we, we see all this going on. And I'm like, did you, people stop? You need to read my work. It has nothing to do with the racial situation. What they were doing is they were importing opium. And they were <laughs> they were using right. the states to, right. to run the opium trade from the south to the north. And, yes, the British, who were involved in all this, were going and getting the slaves, which were white and black, which people don't get until they read this stuff, um, and bringing yep. them to the new yep. world of, of America. They didn't win. They didn't win the Revolutionary War. So they decided another way to take over. And they did that during the War of the States. They made the, the South fight the North, and, and they didn't give money to the South. It's the South had gotten its money like it should have gotten. But it, 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 was, it was a trade on, 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 on opium, you know, and, and, yep. and what was going on with all of that. But if you don't get that and understand that the reason there were plantations and there were white slaves and <laughs> black slaves and where they got those people from, if they, they were in terrible, terrible situations where they were living. So really coming over and working on the slave plantations was better than working where they were working and maybe living to be, you know, seven to 18, 19 years old and dying because of nothing. You know, it, it, it just people have erased the history of the trueness because it's an underground uh, thing that's been going on that we have been unfortunately led blindly by these people and we've accepted what we were given and never questioned in it. And so that's where we're, we are still at today. We are willing to march so down is, and get, get, you know, yeah. uh, vaccines and never question, well, you know, what's in this thing? You know, who's behind it? Well, uh, so uh, that's appalling in and of itself. I mean, just absolutely appalling. When you look at the patent numbers with the 666 and the legal exactly. that's in there and all these things, I mean, it's like, is there absolutely no red flags coming up at all for you on this? But um, what you were talking about, the opioids and the slave trades and stuff, I had recently learned about that as well. And it's like, 
you know, you have to really dig to find this information oh, yes. because much like what they're trying to do right now with the critical race theory, you History, know, right. History. Exactly. They'll oh, just yes. obliterate it from the books, you know, and then you can't find it. Exactly. You know, and, you know, I was real fortunate when I started doing research. Of course, I had to do research. We had to go into a library. There's no such thing as a worldwide web. And so you had to go through all the catalog cards and all this stuff. And, you know, it might take months for me to get a book out of the Library of Congress. And I was really good friends with a librarian. And I would go down and ask her to get me these books. And she was always like, what? You know, I'm studying about Perestroika and I'm studying about Gorbachev and how the wall is going to come down and how we're going to get, a, you know, a unified world. I mean, I'm already plotting and planning this stuff way back in the day with Ronald Reagan. And so um, when I was doing this, this friend that was really a, a, became a very good friend, she called me one day. She says, Joy, she says, we've got notification. We've got to get rid of half of the books in our library. And she says, what are your thoughts on that? And she's a librarian. And I said, well, I see a paradigm shift coming. I said, I'm working on this thing with um, Avin Toffler had written Third Wave and Paradigm Shift. And I said, they're changing the way they're going to teach kids. and They're going to put them on, on uh, laptops and send them home and work on that because they can sustain them better in the home than they are going to be spending money and paying all these teachers to stand in these classrooms and run these buses. And I just went through the whole you know, process of this is the way it's going to go. And I said, and that's the case, they're going to be using everything online. And I'm talking about stuff before we had the World Wide Web discussing her about what I really believe is going to happen. And um, she said, well, I don't want to burn these books. She says, and they're telling us to burn these books. Wow. She says, is there any books in here that you might would want? She says, I tell you what, one afternoon after we close, come by, just see me, and I will close up, and I'm going to leave you in here. And you and I are going to go through some of these books. And what they were doing was getting rid of our history. Yep. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So she allowed me. I, I gave the uh, library a donation for the books that I wanted to bring home with me because yep. I knew that what was going to happen when I saw that happening, they were They'd already – that's right. They were already yep. rewriting history. And once you tell somebody something that it says like this, it's no different – a lot of people don't understand, even with the translations of our Bible, you have to be so careful because whenever a new book of the Bible or a new type of Bible comes out, it has to be changed for it to be able to copyright and charge a fee to sell it to you. So if you use exactly what the King James Version says, like in my work, I can put down that. Uh, I'm going to quote the King James, you know, the King James is what I'm using and everything. I don't have to pay a royalty to them or ask for permission to use that. If somebody's going to do another Bible and unless they change words, then they're in copyright uh, infringement. infringement and then people, anybody with the, the original can come back and take you for everything you've got. Right. So that's why a lot of your Bibles went to let's explain it a newer way. Let's write a new Bible. Let's make it easier to read. It wasn't a good thing. Uh, and right. some of the translations have been to the point they've that lost. They, they've lost the true thing. So when you get into talking about filling up a ship with fish in one netting to saying that you're filling up a boat in one eddy. Well, well, my right. grandfather and I went out fishing in our pond and we'd fill up a boat in half the afternoon. 
But right. to fill up a ship is a whole different ball game. The right. same thing is saying that Mary was a young woman versus a virgin. Hello? That's a big difference between a young right. girl and a virgin. And it's a difference between a master and a teacher. I mean, they started changing words. Well, you take the miraculousness out of scripture, then you, you lose the miraculous capability as being a Christian with power. So they, they've watered it down and watered it down and watered it down. And that's the same way with our educational system. Here we are, the most intelligent, supposedly, uh, people on the planet. Yeah. And yet we, I've got people that I can go down to McDonald's or some of those places and give them money. And if their computer is not working, I've had them say, well, my, my computer's down on, on giving the change back. They don't know how to right. open it up and give me my change. Right. And I've had them say, look, just take the, just take the food and go on. And I'm right. like, well, I, I would like to pay you. I know that, but just, just you, you, we're just going to give it to you. They oh couldn't make change right. like right. 98 cent. <laughs> right, right. So what we've done is we have dumbed down, and I saw that happening with this paradigm shift. We have dumbed down. And, you know, when my grandmother, they didn't have calculators. I'm going to tell you, she could walk into a, a business, and it would say, this piece of clothing is half price. We've got an additional 20% off, and we go to the cash register in the next 10 minutes. We're going to give you an additional 10%. She had it figured up in her head, including how much tax it was, and had it counted out, handed to the clerk. And I was still going, okay, I got to do this in my head, you know, because I, I was used to using a calculator. And so now we've got the point that they don't do the mathematician in their head. They don't do cursive writing, so they can't write. <laughs> they can't even do it with their own signature. They're printing their signatures. You know, it's just taking and dumbing and dumbing and dumbing down. And now yeah. we can take we can take courses online. And I know a, a young girl that couldn't pass a course in a regular sit down college class. Right, but she could. So pass she it went online. Honest to goodness, she went online and took the class and had people that she knew were teachers. Wow. And adults to come in and help her pass right. that class. Now I'm going to tell right. you something. If a doctor and people of profession, because she studied to be a professional, people of profession can have assistance on a test and not really have to learn it in right. memorization like you and I did. Right. I don't particularly want those people passing out pills and cutting on me. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But that's exactly where we're at. We yep. are dumbing down. And I saw yep. this with this paradigm shift when I was working on well, my doctorate even, degree. E even technology. I mean, when, when I was learning to drive, we had the Thomas book in the back of the car if you needed to get around somewhere. Otherwise, you paid attention all the time to the roads and direction you were heading and this and that. Now you're just staring at your phone and listening to whatever series telling you to do where to go. So people don't even have like situational awareness, you know, that's right. And so it has, it has dumbed us down. And then of course the technology separated us because yeah. when I was a young girl, we've come in, uh, in the afternoons, my dad expected to sit at the table. You were to turn the TV off 
and you were to sit at that table, the adults talk, you were to learn from them. If you were asked a question, you got to do the answer. If you needed to go to the bathroom, you were excused to go to the bathroom and come back to that table until you were excused. Now you go into a restaurant and the daddy's on the cell phone, the mother's on the cell phone, the kids are on the cell phone, the kids that's crying, they got something playing in front of them to keep them entertained and nobody is interacting. So what is happening is you've totally broke down the family structure of friends, of family, of extended family, and nobody really is concerned about anybody else. We're now no longer our brother's keeper and I'd rather film you dying and put it on Facebook and get a thousand hits than to reach over and say, Hey man, you need some help. Can I do some CPR? Right. I mean, we are to the point of total separation and then Doing the genetically modified foods, which I oh, really yeah. talked about in my book, Eden, was to clinically and uh, organically break down your system. That's why we have cancer so bad because of the preservatives and all the things that our livers and our brains and our hearts can't process. It was never meant to be put through your body. I was looking at a substance today that a friend of mine was, was, we were talking about and I said, well, you shouldn't ever put that in your body. And she said, why? And I said, cause they, it was first made to go in a car with antifreeze and if you look at it it was in our salad dressing today and i'm like i'm not eating that salad dressing and she says why i said look it's what's in it so i mean it's it's simple things that you don't even realize that they're putting in your foods that you're eating and thinking it's perfectly okay Uh uh-huh and so it's causing cancer it makes the you know it caused a lot of people to die over these years because it literally was bad and they tried to make things that were good for you like eggs and (laughs) And things on the farm that yep. we, that people grew up that I was around that lived to be a hundred years old and they ate, you know, fat back and they ate lard <laughs> and they ate butter, yep. homemade butter and, yep. and full cow milk, you know, that you, you didn't have like 2%. You had the cow milk. You could turn the, the tit up right. and squirt the milk and you drink the milk right out of the, the cow being squirted at you. I mean, it was foaming. I mean, things that you never thought about. And now they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, you would die if you ate an egg that was raw, and you would die if you drank the milk of a cow like that. (laughs) Crazy stuff. But what it was was to take us away from what God gave us and to use uh, all of these preservatives to keep it long life on the shelf. And and they put things like MSG in it, which were things that affected your brain and causes you to have all kinds of major problems. And some people say, well, it doesn't bother me. Well, some people, you react to it and break out in hives and you get sick really right then and you know, man, this is bad stuff. Well, other people are just eating and eating and they don't understand. Well, I'm down at the, I'm down at the, you know, local Walmart and I'm going through <laughs> all the antacids and the Zantax and whatever and everybody's oh, just eating that. I mean, are you having any problem <laughs> eating food? Like I have, I have some uh, allergies with food, so I have to be very careful what I eat. So, you know, I'm in there with these people and they're like, oh, no, I don't have any problem. I don't have any allergies. I can eat anything I want. And I'm like, well, then why are you eating Tums and why are you taking 72 Tums a day? <laughs> Literally. And, you know, so they, they have it set up that they put the preservatives in there. They genetically modified the food. Your food was never supposed to be a tomato that would grow in the, in the you know, in the snow and have frog genes no. in it. Literally frog genes <laughs> in it so, so you can grow it in the snow. Your body no. can assimilate it. And what you find out, so people who are genetically modifying this are also got their hands 
in in making the Zantac and the Brevisid and all the other things that they're going to sell you because they know this is not going to be really yeah. good. Yeah. But we've got this. We're going to make money off of you eating the gen- you know, genetically modified food, and then you're going to come down here and you're going to need all these prescriptions uh-huh. for this kind of stuff, and we're in the same boat Absolutely. getting the money. Problem solution. It yeah. is, you know, and so yeah, uh, it is what we're experiencing is that it's just gotten more evil genius and it's headed us more toward complete control of humanity. It's always been about control of humanity. I mean, even Touch. the Georgia Guidestones specifically tell you we're going to bring yeah. humanity yeah. down to 500, yeah. I think it's 500 million people. 500? Yeah. Or five, yeah, 500 yeah. billion people, I think it's how it is. And, you know, our, so, our, our well, world is, is like 7 question. billion. This is my question about the jab and stuff. I mean, is it for population? Is it to decrease the population or is it to create little robots? I mean, what is the end game? This is what I'm trying to figure out it, so that I can be somewhat prepared and, you know, share with others. What's the end game? What I get so confused on that part of it. Like, what are they really, what is their final goal? They're going to kill as many of us as possible. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest goal is they're going to kill as many as possible because the earth is running out of, of resources, resources to sustain right. us. And so they have always been the globalists. They've always been the ones that did the worship of nature. They're the ones that, you know, wrote the Georgia God, God stones and all the known languages to tell you they're going to bring that population down. Earth can only sustain so much, and we are already seeing the culprit of that we were running out of land. I mean, people are living on top of each other in skyscrapers. They're not right. spread out across the country, and our resources are dwindling away. The, the 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 bad guys know that Jesus is coming back. They know that we're in the end of days. They know that food is going to become shorter and shorter. Famine is going to get worse. The droughts are going to get worse. Water is going to be something that we can hardly get our hands on because it's going to, you know, as the earth heats up, then you start with the amoebas that turn into these uh, type of um, plankton that turn everything red. And you can't drink that water because it's a neurotoxin that's in it, adenoflagellate that's neurotoxic, and it gives off a neurotoxin. That's why it kills everything in the wake of it, including all the fish and everything that's on the bottom of the sea. We've got big areas of our sea that are nothing but dead. Recently, I was doing a show and I was talking about the manatee there down in Florida where they live up in the, uh, you know, little reservoirs and stuff. All of that plankton that was once in there with, um, you know, good places for them to eat are all gone. And so they're all dying. And, and mm. so we can't sustain, we can't continue to sustain us and, and the birds and the fish and, and the whole nine yards. So the intent for the evil guys is they want to control the world like they always have it's a lot more it's a lot easier to control the world when you've got you know 500 million versus 7.9 billion and then the fact that we want to put earth back in what they call sustainability and so you've got all of your blue bloods uh with the head leader of prince william uh doing the earth shot and he's emulating moonshot from the Kennedy days to bring us all back into uh, a time when we are in complete uh, harmony with nature. And you see Pope Francis, he is trying to get everybody to sign this thing about uh, bringing everything back to nature. And they're going to present it to the United Nations at their big meeting that's coming up in uh, November. And what, what the bad thing is, is these Christians 
are being led to sign that petition. And I'm like, do you realize that when you sign the petition saying that you want to bring Earth back and you're willing of the they they said they're going to do it within the next ten years, that you're telling them it's okay to kill you because that's exactly what they're going to do. Wow. You cannot bring Earth back into where it needs to be. It, you can't bring it anyway. We're at the end of days. The end of days says it's only going to get worse. But for them to have water, for them to have food, they got to get rid of us. And so wow. they're going to get rid of the God's chosen people, just like Hitler was trying to do back in World War II. So uh, the game plan is to get rid of us. It's easy to control the lesser number. And so the COVID, uh, the COVID virus is a bioweapon. It was genetically. And so they control the lesser of the lesser of the people that didn't take the jabs and stuff like that or what? What happens is they try to get that. First of all, they try to kill as many as they could with a biotech weapon and which was COVID. It is real. It's a real virus. It has been biologically manipulated. man-made. Oh, exactly. It. It's what it I've is. I talked and about it on here and you can feel it. I call it the alien. It literally well, felt like an alien invasion. Well, the thing about it is, is that it was worked on for a long period of time. And I've gone back and, you know, and traced even going back to the Spanish flu, that the reason that 1918 flu happened was to go after our military. And right. it took out most of our yes. young men in the military in World War One, And that's what brought the Nazi regime to power in World War Two. They thought they could rule the world at that point because they had given enough people. And I fully believe, and I, I did a show the other night about that. that and so that was how, that was how Hitler would come into play. Exactly. That's how he came into play. And, uh, that's, I could never understand why it was we had to call up old men to go fight in World War II because we didn't have enough young men to go fight in World War II. We had to use older people to fulfill the need for our our military. And so, you know, going back and looking at the, the history of that, um, there were already these, these te- the technology of mixing genes and doing things was back in the 1800s, and the Germans were involved in that. And so I did a show the other night and kind of showed that how that got started. So they were trying, they were already manipulating stuff. And so there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that H1N1 virus, that, that bird flu that caused all that was manipulated and, or, and it brought the Nazis oh, yeah. into power. And then the people who were over, you know, World War One, that kind of thing were Willingham and Willingham was, uh, the, uh, ancestor to a prince Philip. And Queen Elizabeth and all them were, you know, they anglicized their names to Windsors, but they were Germans and they were good friends with Hitler, but they had to kind of separate themselves off. So it is all, it's all connected. And when, and when you see, you know, how we're bringing this through history, you can see how the game plan was to get us to a point in time that, like Hitler said, he wanted a Superman that was going to rule the world. They'll be very charismatic. He talked about that. Uh, this is the Antichrist. The, the, the Antichrist. Exactly. He called him the superhuman, superhuman man that was going to rule the world. And that in doing that, he would connect everybody together under the Cyclops eye, which we all know is the all seeing eye of the, yeah. all the secret societies. It's the, it's the, the hive Illuminati. mind. You've heard it taught. Yeah. You call it Illuminati, but it's to connect you back like the Tower of Babel. One mind, one accord. You only do one thing and everybody does it. 
Nobody wow. deviates from what the queen bee, which will be the Antichrist, telling you what to do. And that's why when it says they will worship the beast, who can go against the beast? They're, they're worshiping him. They see nothing. You know, they can't they can't see it so that they are locked into it. And once you get that mark, you can't take it out. You can't cut it out. You can't remove it. So what's going on right now? is that they wanted to get rid of people with the virus, and it, and it was patented for that reason, and it was being done under patents there in North Carolina uh, that the CDC was working on, and Fauci was very much involved in all of that. And then when they the patents needed to be brought back to them, they took the patents back to the CDC. But the problem was they had already fixed the vaccine and patented it before the patent for the virus. <laughs> like, so you've got, and I'm like the patent office. I'm like, really you patented a, and, and it's, and you can see it. I've got copies of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and the dates, and you can see that the patent for the coronavirus came out before the coronavirus was patented. So right. that meant the patent office took on a jab that had no known virus. Really? Right. Right. Okay. So you automatically, you know, somebody's not watching the hen house, which we know in the FBI, the CIA, all the stuff that we th- thought, you know, somebody's watching the hen house. We're not going to have bad people doing bad things and letting things, you know, go underhanded. Everybody's following the same rules. If you do this and you got to have that and you got to do this and you got to have that, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And you can clearly see it. And I, you yeah. know, the people that were involved in this never thought about Somebody could go back and look in those patents and they could find it. Well, somebody was smart enough to do that. And sure enough, I've got copies of those patents. Yep. And it's quite evident that's exactly what has occurred. I've, so, I've saved, I've saved quite a few of those too for when people argue. I say, okay, here. Yeah. Look at it and, and go on, <laughs> and, and go, on go on the website and pull it up if you think that this is some modified copy. I know I ran a copy off the other day of one that's, you know, where they're going to put that ID stuff in there, which I think will be the mark of the beast Uh, and how they got super spreaders and how when you bump into somebody, it, it, tags you it tags them it lets you know where they're at who they you know who they were here we're uh, we're all a bunch of amazon packages exactly exactly same exact thing so when people say that you know the vaccine it's a bioweapon and so it has all these things that are probably going to kill people um i mean that's right from blood curdling in their their veins to everything else that can happen immune system wise again is to get rid of people and at the same time put within people this you know they say there's no graphene well it sure is funny that yes there's graphene in there and then there's got baby fetal tissue and now we've got the hydra that, you know, that people are looking under the microscopes that we've got people like us going, you know, I'm a molecular bio- biologist. By golly, let that, you know, let me look at it. If I was that way, I would be looking at this stuff as much as I could get somebody to send it to me. I wish I right. had that kind of capability. But the people who do are saying, look at this. Well, I've studied this enough and studied viruses for so long because I started writing about viruses before the year 2000. When my first book came out in 1999, it was full of things about viruses, hot viruses and what was happening and where we were headed with them. I mean, I was talking about these kinds of things. So I see that what has been put in viruses all these years have been poisons. Mm-hmm. And, and my late husband that I was married to for 33 years took a flu shot and died a very slow death from a flu right. shot. Totally right. destroyed him. Terrible yeah. situation for nine and a half years. So yeah. I, I'm not only talking it, I lived it. 
I right. saw it every day because I was his 24-7 caregiver in which he laid in a bed, can only move one finger. And I was doing tracheotomy, feeding tubes, uh, straight catheting, washing, mm. bandaging, uh, uh, insulin, IVs. Terrible. You just can't imagine what it was like. My house was set up like an ICU. Wow. Oxygen. I mean, just ev- everything. So yeah. uh, it's not like when I talk about vaccinations. So what about I don't understand that have about taking the vaccine right now that might be listening that are panicked? What can they do? I mean, can they get it out? I'm gonna tell you something. If I had taken that vaccine, I'd be scared to death right now because yeah. what I've been able to see and being able to research because most of all my family has been vaccinated. There's only one or two really close friends that are like I am that have read and understand this that are trying to sustain themselves because we know what the game plan is, the end game plan. Um, And and I would be scared to death. I would be Mm -hmm. literally scared to death because what you're seeing, uh, especially on the slides that are coming out from the people who are molecular biologists and who are looking at these slides and these doctors are finding how the blood cells are in there. Yes. I mean, it's got little, uh, like an enemy. Like, it's like, uh, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Yes. Well, the thing, the thing about it is, is if to be able to lock people on to 5G technology and and artificial intelligence, you've got to be able to increase the antenna within the body. Your antenna, and I wrote, I wrote, I wrote wrote a lot about this in my books, uh, about the pineal gland. Yes. And, and the pineal gland is actually a transmitter and a receiver. It's, it's got a quartz in it, just like you got a transistor radio. So it transmits and receives. And no doubt in my mind, it was created to for you to commune with your father. But a lot of people have used it in Eastern religions to commune with Satan, yeah. which they thought was the, the giver of light. You know, they saw yeah. this light being, and so they believed it was it was we, <laughs> they believed it was God, and it was. We we've talked a lot about the pineal gland on this podcast, and that's yes. uh, definitely been down yes. that side. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it is that, and it is a, a way of transmitting, receiving, and that's how, you know, they were starting to send people voices in their heads and stuff like that, which most mm-hmm. of our universities have gotten quite good at doing and yeah. literally drive you crazy because you can hear stuff that nobody else can hear, but you can hear it in your head like a transistor radio. So the fact is they had to take it to the next level. They had to get it where in that pineal gland area, that there's going to be like a greater antenna where you will connect quicker to these satellites that Elon Musk had put up to kind of like Neuralink. And they want to bring singularity to it so that everybody's linked to it, that you're no different than the next guy. You become like a robot to each other, you know, and and to control it and the ID chip to know that who you are, wherever you are doing whatever you're doing is controlled. And you're, it's remotely controlled. And I'd already showed in my research that that capability was already accomplished because even using the electromagnetic low-frequency EF waves, that you could literally beam that at someone and make them anxious, make their blood pressure go up, make them get sleepy, change the beta, theta, you know, gamma, alpha right. waves in the brain. You can make them sleepy. So, in other words, you could take over somebody without having to fire a shot, and that was what our military was working on in the 1960s with Jose Delgado. They wanted very much to be able to fight a war and never have to take your guns. That's why when people, you know, when all this started happening, people said, oh, go out and buy the guns. Everybody went and bought guns and they bought ammunition. And now we're ready for them. If they come to get our guns, we're going to shoot them. And I'm thinking to myself, they're never going to do that. 
they're literally going to go after your pineal gland and they're going to shut you down and walk in and take everything you have. And you know, what's interesting is I've read a lot about the eye, the AI implant. And I think that that's what this is. I think that's exactly how they're doing it is via this. And so I wonder if they're, I wonder if the mark isn't going to be, will the mark affect those who are not jabbed? Or will it affect only those who are jabbed? No, if you take the mark of the beast, you're toast, whether you're jabbed or not jabbed. And, and if you take the mark of the beast, it. that's right. If you take the mark of the beast, the Bible tells you it's over because you can't take it out. You can't remove it. You are locked on to artificial intelligence, and you are no longer you. You are into something totally different. Now, the people who took the jab, they're already getting them processed so that to pull away from it, in other words, next one, next one, you got to have this next one because if you don't, you can't continue to do what you've been doing. They get you where you can fly, you can enjoy this, you can do that. So you just keep taking them because you want to keep doing that. And then they're going to come to one and say, now, the Antichrist is standing up there. They think he's Messiah, he's the greatest thing since peanut butter. And he says, hey, now the next one you're going to have to take and it's going to have to be in your forehand. And I'm telling you, you've got to take it. It's my mark. Well, if everybody's so used to it, it's like I'm saying, we've been conditioned to use a credit card, to swipe it, to do this. And now it's, all, you know, everything's in cyberspace. And if I don't keep doing that, I can't buy, sell, or trade. And you're already connected. And if you say, no, I don't want that, they've already got your ID. And bam, you drop dead. They're jabbing the pilots, too, and, they're, exactly. and, the, and then the pilots that aren't are being fired. And why is that? Because they don't want you to be able to travel anymore. Global travel, they want to shut that down. Exactly. And then with the hydra that's come out that they've seen in it, this little organism is immortal. It literally is it's like, an, you know, like an earthworm. It can regenerate itself. It's an asexual, re reproductive kind of thing. And it is immortal. So they have chopped it up and put it in these vaccines in the they are really good for chimeric uh, things that have been done with them for a long time where they took and pasted them into stuff. They do really well with that because of their mRNA. And right. it just so happens with the CRISPR technology that two women won the Nobel Prize for recently is how they went in and took that mRNA and, and cut into the DNA to place, no doubt, in these vaccines something like that hydra and what happens what i believe is going to happen is that bible tells you that there'll come a day when people want to die and they cannot die i mean the reason god, god gave us death the reason god gave us death was that you can get out of intense pain you, and people who have cancer and they have to give them morphine and they're screaming at the top of their lungs and the morphine's not even working can you imagine that Hydra is replicating your mRNA and changing your DNA to a point that if you got really pain, you can't die? 
I fully believe that's what's happening. It says at the end of days, wow. the abyss is going to open up and these things are going to come out with stingers in their tail and they're going to be targeting those people. And when they do, they will sting them and sting them and sting them. And that pain will be ungodly because you cannot die. Oh my God. And it even says that in the latter days, that if that days were not cut short, no flesh would survive it. We are headed in that direction because the moment that they started cutting into the human DNA, in my research I show this, every one of us, our DNA is our fingerprint. Our DNA sings. In other words, we have our own song, and with the ability of our pineal gland, it transmits it. God, the creator, created his creation so he knows everything is singing. It says God spoke and everything he spoke came into existence. It was created by sound. So our individual DNA, none of us have the same songs, but yet we're all singing. Everything in this crea- in his creation, the sun, the moon, yep. you can listen to the sounds. I've, all I've different heard they a sing. mushroom. Somebody put something up to a mushroom and the mushroom made a little... They all have sound. That's right. They all have sounds. They're all singing. So if he's a conductor and I play a lot of instruments, if I'm playing the chord C on my guitar and I clip a string, I'm no longer playing C. So my guitar is no longer in tune. The conductor knows that that something has happened, but that means you're being cut away and you're no longer the human you were. Wow. Created to be. So you're becoming a transhuman, which they're already, and I wrote about this even in, in my books, Begal, they've already got laws on the book for transhumans because you're not you're not going to be held to the same laws as a regular human. You are no longer human. You wow. have a patented thing inside of you, and you're now a patented being that that somebody else owns you. And so if that technology gets to the point that, like I say, the mark comes up and you, you will have to take it or they will kill you immediately. I think it will be the fact right then you got to make the decision. You want that mark or not? And you're standing there and somebody says no and you watch them go, bam, they're dead. They're going to kill you just like that. And, and if we're the ones that don't take the mark, they're going to come to us and they're going to try to get us. Because they're going to do whatever they can. They're going to take your ability to buy, sell, or trade. You can't get in to get food. You can't, you know, so somebody's going to have to be helping us like they did in Nazi Germany, hiding us out and giving us food because we won't be able to get health care. We won't be able to get anything. They will literally try to smoke us out. And then at that point in time, they may have guillotines set up. I mean, I have a friend that, um, his daddy was uh, in the World War over in France and saw the guillotines. And those guillotines were eventually moved to the United States. But where are they? And, wh- and how about all these, you know, these containers that they can incinerate bodies just very fast? I mean, there is something very bad coming. And it's, it's all been set up to be at a point in time that we're getting very close to. Because when the economy starts to fail, Surplus and demand is already disjointed. We're in hyperinflation. We're still printing money and giving it. You can't, do, you can't do that. You know, there comes a time when it's got to, 
you have to balance the checkbook. And we're getting further and further away from that. And everything's dying. The sustainability of Earth is falling apart, literally, as we speak tonight. I mean, all over the world. It's, it, you know, I do research with people from all over the world, and they're all experiencing this. And it's in every country. It's everywhere that's going through this. Um, so we're to the point now that they're going to promote and push us into a type of monetary system called like Bitcoin where it's all in cyberspace right. and you cannot get to it. And that Bitcoin stuff is already underground because I have a friend that lives by one of the Bitcoin things that's underground that nobody even knew about. And I've been able to look over and look at it. It's underground. It's buried. Nobody knows it's there, but it's down there. I mean, it's just the wildest thing I've ever seen in a little South Georgia town wow. away from anybody's prying eyes. And it's, it is Bitcoin going on underground and you can't get to it. And it tells you if you go through that gate, you're going to be killed. In other words, so you take it chance to walk through that stuff they're gonna nail you they're gonna kill you and the thing is if it's underground you means people say well you know go buy some gold go buy some silver when you go down to purchase something at the store let's say you want a gallon of milk the only way they can give you that gallon of milk because it's on a system that they got that milk on that system they purchased it you know without paying it's on a system okay when you go to give it to somebody they can't take your dollar because they can't pay for it. They can't take your gold. Who in the world would want a piece of gold when it won't do anything for you to buy that milk? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Nothing will go through the system because it's all in cyberspace. And unless you've got that mark to get that milk, you're not exchanging money. You're not exchanging credit cards. You're exchanging your ID for that milk right and that's where people have always thought well i can do this and i can hide that and we can have guns and we can you know we can have this that and the other and we you know you can live a long time without food but you can't live about three days without water and water is going to become a major problem out in the midwest look at what's happening in lake mead lake powell i mean there's yeah. already water restrictions it's already worse than the dust bowl days out in the midwest it's only going to get worse you've got the second largest river that's down in uh, south america next to the amazon that's drying up you've got some of the biggest rivers in iran that are drying up you know the rivers between the jordan and all that in uh, israel they're all drying up and everything's turning to salt and so, so do, you can't so go out and drink do? salt water how much time do we have and what do we do? Well, I think that the Bible tells you that if we are in the end of this, you know, the end of time, that we have that seven year period. I'd tell you to be prayed up to be like what it talks about in the Bible about the 10 virgins, five had those oil lamps lit and five didn't. The first train out of here, according to the research that I've done, is called the catching away. And that's where the bridegroom, Jesus, comes back for his bride which is his church of believers. And he does it as a thief in the night. It means nobody's going to see him. The graze will burst the open. They call it the rapture. Rapture is not in scripture. A lot of people fuss about that, but the catching away is what it's called in scripture. And I, I show that in my research. It's called the catching away. It's the bridegroom and, and coming back for the bride. When he does that, it's in the twinkling of an eye. The graves will burst open and the saints that are with him and the people have already passed that are Christians. Their bodies will reunite to them just like Jesus did there in the tomb when he went through this route of Turin. 
He's alive. He's in his body. And the disciples saw it. He's resurrected. Those people will receive their bodies. They will be in a resurrected state. They're in a state of spiritual body and soul there now. They look like themselves. When you step out of sight of your body, uh, you know, if you if you have a near-death experience, your body is laying there. But when you're above it and you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, I still look like me and I still got my mind. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're still your body, soul, and spirit body. And so when you come back, you're going to come back for your uh, body. I don't care if you, I don't care if something ate you and you burned up in a car. Every cell on you that you have been flaking off since the day you were born that are laying all over this planet is a holographic you. So I can take a skin cell of me right now and pluck it off and hollow out a woman's egg, pop that cell in there, electrify it, and in nine months she's going to deliver my flesh and blood. She's not going to deliver my spirit body. She's not going to deliver my soul. But she's going to deliver a body, a physical body that's identical to mine, not a twin. It is my body. So your body, wherever it's at, if you were eaten by a whale, when when you come back, if you're a Christian, you're going to reconnect with the cells that were you. That's where you see the belly of the dry bones, the bones and the bones and the sinew all came back together in the Old Testament. The same thing is going to happen at the rapture of the catching away. And then when that happens in the twinkling of an eye, which is faster than you can blink your eye, you and I, who are Christians, will be caught up. And when we go into that twinkling of an eye, our body automatically becomes a resurrected body, meaning it is totally immortal. It will never die. So the flesh that once died brought back together and made into an immortal flesh, just like Jesus was when he went through the through the Shroud of Turin. His body wasn't left in that tomb. So then we go to the bride's you know, the, the, the bride and groom is called the marriage supper of the lamb. And we spend time there while the great wrath is happening on this planet. And during that time is when all the people will end up fighting over there, uh, in the valley of Medigedo. And when that starts, that's called the battle of Armageddon. Then we will return with Jesus Christ at that battle. And he stops that battle, which is going to slay so many people. But they're all a part of this evil agenda for the mark of the beast. And so after that happens, then there is a thousand-year reign of Jesus on this earth. And the people who are already in their immortal state that are with him, we will rule and reign with him. And then the children who were born during this time, we will live a thousand years. And then at the end of a thousand years, Satan is released one more time, but it's quick. You make a decision very quick. And then you go into the great white throne of judgment, which every person who has ever lived is resurrected from the gates of hell. Because when you die, you're either going to go to heaven or to hell. So the, the, the souls that are down there, with their spiritual bodies in hell are going to be resurrected into a resurrected body and stand judgment at the great white throne of judgment. And then once you stand before him and you don't have Jesus Christ's blood to cover you, then he's going to say, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. And it's not lights out. It's never lights out. That's the thing that people think 
that if you don't want to believe that you just die and that's, you know, that's just it. That's not correct. When you die, you are still alive. Your physical body dies, but it's going to be brought back to life and resurrected at the end of days. And you will stand judgment for God during that time. Uh, and then there's a separation between heaven and earth. And then the sustain, you know, there's nothing going to be between them. In other words, that hell is always going to be there with people being tormented forever and ever without the saving love and grace of ever being given a chance to go into heaven. It's just over. And those worlds are forever separated. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, how can that be? And I said, just look at this. The law of thermodynamics tells us that when energy is made, it can never be destroyed. So if you look at the sperm and the egg, when, and, and now our, you know, most of the people that are doing, uh, fertility sciences and stuff like that, when the sperm actually touches an egg, there is an explosion of energy. Once that's created, you're there. That is you at the moment that the sperm hits your mother's egg, your daddy's sperm hits your mother's egg, you are born at that moment. So when people talk about abortions, there's never a time for abortion. The time that that sperm hit that egg and that explosion, which we now can catch on, you know, microscopically and see it, uh, it's born. That's forever. It's an energy and it, it can never die. So when you step outside of your body, that energy that is you is still sustaining you or who you are. I mean, if you've ever been outside your body, you know you're you. You know what you look like. And um, and if you're ever drawn back into your body, when you wake up, you realize you are outside. And, you know, people come back and they talk about heaven and hell. A lot of people thought that you just stayed in the ground and you slept. That's not what scripture says. You know, when the thief was on the cross with Jesus, one of them didn't believe it was Jesus. Of course, he went straight to hell. And then the other one said, you know, Father, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. He didn't say, we're going to go down there and lay in the grave for a little while before you get up here. But he said this day. (laughs) So he went with him. His body, yes, was buried. But his spirit body that looks just like you look and your Mind. See, a lot of people think your mind is a part of your brain. And I'm doing some research now on some uh, CIA documents and stuff that were uh, forwarded to me to look at that really uh, were really given to me because it, it, it verifies what I've been saying all the time, that your consciousness is not connected to your brain. Who you are is not connected to your brain. Your brain controls this, you know, mechanism much like a computer system runs a computer. But the software that's within the computer is what's in the computer. So we are inside the software that is physical body, but you can take the software out and we're still who we are. Just um, not inside the. The physical body. Why is like 30 years of Jesus's life missing? You know, there's always been the question about what did he do in those particular years? I, you know, I don't know whether it was just the fact that, you know, I've seen new age things written. I've seen some things written that I feel like were esoteric, trying to make him into this, that and the other, almost like a magician. I don't think so. I think that those years were his formative years of him coming into being a man. He was a carpenter. He worked with his father. 
Um, I don't think there was anything specific other than the fact that he was becoming a man. And when he became, it came to the point in time when he grew and grew into the knowledge of who he was. Um, and, and, and when he walked in to see John the Baptist, which we know that John the Baptist and, and, um, John the Baptist's mother and Mary were kin. And that there was a relationship all there all the time and that they were involved in the priesthood. It, it tells you that they, he would have been very much involved in, um, what was the Jewish traditions. And when he came down to be baptized, you know, John stood back and allowed everyone to know that this is, I was the forerunner to this. And he had been in the wilderness preaching all those times, you know, living and, and, and preaching and had his disciples, but he knew that he was the son of God. And of course, when, when Jesus was baptized, then we know that the Holy Spirit came upon him and, and, and they heard God's voice. This is my son in who I'm well pleased. And then from that point in time, then we know John eventually had his head cut off because he wanted Herod wanted to please his girlfriend and, um, you know, Jesus's ministry then became what it became. So the book was created. God sent the book because he knew that Lucifer was going to have some rain. He was going to get the throne for a hot minute and that it was going to get dark, evil and ugly. And he wanted something for people to have a way out. You're talking about with Jesus or with giving us the scriptures with with giving us the scriptures. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, he wrote the manual. I mean, a lot of people will say, well, it's God inspired. But I would I will say that it's more than God inspired. And having studied equidescent letter sequencing of the Bible, everything is written in the Bible. I believe you can. And it was know sent for that purpose, right? It was exactly. Sent because he knew that he was going to try to create. Well, he, evil he's, power and horrificness for people, and he wanted an option for people to have a way out, right? Well, well, what happened was is that you have to look at God was never born. He is right. Alpha and Omega. So, and we can't get our minds around that because we are so used to seed time and harvest, and everybody has a cycle. God's not a cycle. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, no, you know, no beginning, no end. And so in his infinite wisdom... He literally developed the angels and you can go back and look at the book of Enoch and understand that it was Lucifer who was created very beautiful and he was number one in charge. And I feel certain uh, over sound and song and praise. And so he got the big head as a created being that he could outsmart God. And right. when he did, God a, you know, approached him and said, that's just not going to work and put him out of heaven along with the angels that were fallen after him. Right. And so then, you know, the Bible tells us these are the generations. There's been a lot of generations of things happen. It's just that the generation that we particularly now live in is the final one. And I've had people say, well, Joy, if God knew, you know, this was in Adam and Eve, why in this happened in the garden? Why didn't he just kill Adam and Eve? And I always had that question. And one day I was praying and i said god i really want to really understand why you why you just didn't say okay adam and eve you didn't do it right why you know kill you out and i'm gonna build me two more and what came to me was most amazing because i could never have thought of this 
He said, Joy, because I could see every seed, including you, that would come one day through Adam and Eve that would worship me. And I'm going to tell you, tears came up in my eyes, and I'm like, he could see the beginning to the end. He knew I was going to be here. Yeah. And clearly, clearly, he was in a dream to my father. Clearly, he gave him my name. You know, so I get it. I really get that all of this has all been planned. And he gave us the manual so that we, he has to defeat it. And I, and I've always gone back and said, at the end of this, why did total he separation. wipe Lucifer out? That's what I don't Be- understand is why didn't Be- he wipe him out? Because of the immortal being that he is. So when we think, well, we can just kill off something. We don't know. Once you get into the, the infiniteness or the inability to die. In other words, when right. you become immortal right. and you are forever. It doesn't have the same principles of science that we typically believe to be true. Okay. Theory wise. So once he created that, there apparently had to go through some epochs of time to bring Satan to a point that he can separate good completely and evil completely and then it will always be like that forever so he couldn't he'd already created all these beings and he went after this one then that was going to change what had to happen you know have you ever seen these movies where you say well you know if i could go back in, in my life and i i could change one thing i'd change that because this would make me have this but then you've seen movies where people did that and then everything else changed, and then the ending was not as good as the original ending. Right. So when he really gave me that, me that revelation, it's like once he started, the right. end was there. Right. Because this is the way he started it. And if he changed it, then all of that stuff that's in between there would have never been the same. Right. Just one thing. Who who was Mary Magdalene to Jesus? Mary Magdalene was actually a woman that had seven demonic beings. The, uh, and he cast them out. And she became a follower of his. And, and some people believe it kind of like a disciple because they literally let women have some role, you know, in like um, Martha and Mary and. Uh, and some of the other people had roles uh, in, in doing different kinds of things. But she is believed to have been about probably about the age of uh, Jesus's mother. And, um, of course, the secret societies wanted to play that up really well and make it because, you know, she was so committed to him. And she, you know, anointed his feet and used this stuff. And of course, Judas was mad because he was the the guy that kept all the money. You know, here you are anointing Jesus's feet with this oil. We could have used this oil and made money right. off of it. I mean, you know, he right. was the evil guy. Um, but she literally knew and she had had those demons removed from her that he was the son of God. Wow. And, uh, what and is so, so she sad. became his right hand man. So well, and then, his right-hand and, woman. and then people have tried to play, and it's an esoteric thing, 
they tried to play that, you know, he was in love with her and they had a sexual relationship and that he didn't really die on the cross and that he married her and they had three children and those three children ended up going into the areas of Britain and, and they became, you know, the bloodlines. I mean, they, Secret societies have tried to make it the Rex Dice's bloodline, the Merovingian bloodline. I mean, that, you could see all that in um, the Da Vinci Code. All yeah. of that came from the belief that Jesus married Mary Magdalene. Jesus did not marry m- Mary Mary Magdalene. Right. And like I say, she was probably the age of his mother. He cast out those demons. She followed him. She was a follower of him. And, uh, Jesus never had a sexual relationship and there is no three children, uh, of Jesus. But now I traced all that in my books, Eden, the knowledge of good and evil for people to see what the secret societies have tried to say would be the royal bloodlines of Jesus. And Helena, the Helena. you know, the, the Camelot the stories of Camelot and King Arthur. Helena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All of that is, 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 is fabricated, but it was fabricated because the intent was to make the king live again as a child. And they were hiding the fact that they had got Jesus's blood, which was on the Strata Turin, which I believe was the Holy Grail that they're talking about. But they try to use it in metaphors and their little stuff with Camelot and the Merovingian bloodlines and all that. It was just bring us to a, point in time that they would literally bring supposedly this king back to life and he was going to be king Arthur, and he was going to rule over his camelot on earth because the secret societies are the people that are the serpent lineages they are they're never going to go to heaven they never seek to go to heaven they know that their destiny is to go to hell so heaven on the for them is on earth they're living up, they're, you know, they're partying, they're having their sexual fetishes and the money and, and, and the drugs and all the fun stuff right here. And to bring down God's people with them, they're just, that's the biggest thing is to take something that's in the image of God himself, which, which Lucifer and them were not. And we're very jealous that we are in God's image. So what better way than to, you know, to make God lose his children to something that's evil, literally. And, of course, you know, people say, well, why did he create evil? Well, when you make something not be robotic, you have to give it free will. And free will allows any choice that's out there. So God, when he created, he didn't want a bunch of robots running around going, you know, like the we're fixing to see happen with the mark of the beast and them worshiping the beast. He didn't want that. He wanted us to love him. You know, it would be like you tying your child down on a chair and say, you will love me. You will. You wouldn't want that. You would want no. your child to love you, you know, right. and that's why he gave us free will for the, that choice of love. But, um, you know, you can be it can go in the wrong direction. And so I can't think of a more worse way for Satan to get back at God than to destroy the very images of God in which we are created in and take take us to hell with him. I mean, that's got to be the I mean, to hurt a family or hurt a father. The worst thing to do is is to do something terrible to your child. You know, and he's got to watch those people go into hell. But he gave them free will. 
He gave them the choice. I mean, everybody's got the same choice, the same option to choose. But and in Satan, but he is he's destroyed though. He, he is so deceptive. I mean, I feel sick to my stomach. I mean, certain words you even have used tonight, like collective consciousness. Yeah, it's supposed to be a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, it's, it's not so deceptive. I felt that the the week that I had kind of all of these like really back to back to back to back experiences it it was so profound for me and and all of a sudden all of these things i just felt so duped so deceived so disgusted i mean i, I couldn't even see an oracle card without wanting to throw up that's right once you once you know the truth you can never look at the world again the same way it's like i know what's going on so when I sit down to watch newscasts or listen to music or watch anything or hear a discussion, red flags, I call them red flags, just pop up, boom, 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 boom. And yeah. it does. The, the, really, I think, I think it's Solomon that wrote in the Bible, with wisdom comes great sadness because yeah. you get to see my gracious a lot and and you're trying like what I do I'm trying so hard to to make people realize what's happening so that they understand their greatest asset is their soul and that it, it's not worth giving it up for anything you you know money power uh of sex drugs whatever it it's not worth losing your soul for all eternity it is your right. greatest asset, and that's the one thing that's, that Satan wants. It's your greatest asset. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want anything. He's going to use all of that to flatter you and get you to come with him and turn your back on your father in heaven. And, wow. you know, I can't imagine in hell forever knowing you had the chance to do something different and you chose to follow this thing that's going to eat on your flesh and it, you can't die. You cannot wow. die and you're immortal. You can never die. Once you're brought to that, you know, judgment throne, you'll never die. And and people don't understand. Even when you die before you get that resurrected body, you're already in torment because you can look at the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. Clearly, that was told by Jesus in the New Testament. Lazarus, you know, the rich man was begging Lazarus to, to father Abraham, let Lazarus dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am, I am in fire. Well, that means he was being tormented in the spiritual body with his soul. Because they don't weren't resurrected into the immortal bodies, but that means that you're going to be in an immortal state for all eternity, either in heaven or hell. Heaven's going to be a beautiful place, but hell, can you imagine forever with the worst people forever? I mean, how people much, that you partied with won't be time. too much fun. Right. How you know, you'll be going like, hey, Sally and Joe, I'm sorry that, you know, I led y'all down here, but I've been, I bet you won't be liking Sally and Joe if you end up there with them. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much time realistically do people have to get right with God? I think you do, need to be right, think? right. I think you better be right, right now because there is nothing that has to come to pass before the catching away. And 
you want the first boat out of here because everybody else is left. You're going to die or you're going to be connected if you take that mark. But you'll and have a over. choice. Those who have you taken the have might be listening to this choice. podcast. There's hope for them because they just don't have, they can, they can just refuse the mark. That's right. But you're probably going to have to die is what I'm saying. It's going to come down that either you take it or you die. And see, the bad thing is with this, they got you prepared. They got you in a situation right now. Most people went out and got the vaccine because we had been locked away from everybody, from our families and whatever. And so what happened was, well, now you need to take the vax so you can be with your grandchildren. You need to take the vax so you can see your mom and dad. You got to take the vax because you be with your best friends. Right. So right. when you're standing there and everybody's going, come on, take the mark of the beast. Don't die. Don't leave us. You're my grandfather. You're my dad. You're my mother. You're my brother. You're my husband. You're my wife. Yeah. They're going, they've already got you, already got you programmed with the, the vaccine. You know, you don't want to die. We don't want to die. We want to be with our loved ones, listen to the loved ones, and not listen and putting Jesus Christ first. You're going to lose your soul. You better put Jesus Christ first tonight and every day until he either calls you home in death or you have to refuse that mark and die or hopefully, and I'm hoping, that we get a catching away before it gets to the point that we all have to succumb to death, but there's no way out except either and through for those the kitchen away. Yeah. You, the, those who have not been jabbed, you're saying what's going to happen is there will be a jabbed person giving you some water and some milk, but for the most part, you're going to be living, hiding out. You'll have to hide out because if, if not, they're going to know. If they're yeah. saying right now, I, and I did a show the other night, and they read something from South Africa, I believe it was, you had to present your vaccination card to get your money yep. out of the bank. Yep. So you won't be able to get your money out of the bank. You won't be able to buy anything. You won't be able to eat. You will not be able to get your retirement. You will not be able to get your insurance. You can't go to the hospital because they're not going to service you because you don't have your vaccination card. Yeah. So you figure how long and who with can you sustain yourselves without anything? Wow. So we're, you know, for the unvaccinated, that's that's our plight. The for Antichrist the, is here now, yes. I fully believe, because of the research that I've done, that the royal family has had in place all the time the person they're going to put, you know, over that. And I think that when you look at William and the, and the work that I've done on on researching his pedigree and what what I fully believe happened with all of that and his you know, earth shot thing where he's kind of over that with some of the biggest corporations in the world that they're going to look to him. Uh, and that's what he was raised for. I mean, even uh, I've got where in my book where I talk about Queen Elizabeth said, you know, that he was she was raising him to rule the world, world, world. And so um the fact that he's in place and he has, you know, he the the British Empire is actually the resurrected Roman Empire. It's the same places. They over 54 countries and, and the queen is the wealthiest woman in the entire, I mean, wealthiest person in the entire world. 
uh, and connectability to to be able to stand in the temple of God and proclaim yourself to be God. The Jews that don't believe Jesus has been born yet are not going to believe that it's Obama or somebody else because they've got to be a Jew. And right. And literally, William looks just like the Shroud of Turin. And uh, the blood was cloned a long time ago, even back when they did the Sturt Committee and the research on that uh, thing, they cloned the blood. And so, you know, it, it's it's just that the more you see how the royal family has been involved with the Hitler thing, like I was telling you earlier, and that seems to be continuing. I trace all these lineages so that you can see why it's like this. It's not like I'm guessing. I'm going by what scripture says. It's got to be from the tribe of Dan. Prince Philip was from the tribe of Dan. All those. I mean, it's just <laughs> you just can't make this stuff up. It's like right in your face. But if you don't do the research, you don't understand it. And of course, like I said earlier, we are tenants to the queen here in the United States. We right. don't own anything. So, you, so I mean, is America is America Babylon? No, ba- Babylon the Great. When you go back and look what Scripture says about Babylon the Great, I was going to read that out of my book. It says, Mystery Babylon, uh, it, it says, And their dead bodies, according to Revelations 11.8, shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Mystery Babylon is where the Lord was crucified. It's actually the great city of Jerusalem. And when you see and understand this, it's because the people that Hitler let go to take over and run Israel are Kazarian Jews. They're the Rothschilds. And then the British, who were, like I said, Germans, with the Balflower Treaty, gave Israel the land. But the people run, running Israel are the Kazarian Jews that were not uh, Shephardic Jews. They're not the original Hebrews. And so the, the great, the people that killed all those people, the prophets and in, in Jesus was in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem wow. is actually the, uh, you know, the mystery Babylon. Wow. Everybody wanted it to be America. And of course, you know, America is, uh, you know, it was created in its in its build up there, especially Washington D.C. You've got you've got the city of London, you have the Vatican, and you have Washington D.C. are cities within their own jurisdictions. They are not controlled by any outside force. It's quite amazing how that's all set up like that. And if you look at the the layout of Washington D.C., it's all pagan. All pagan. I, I bring up some of the things in, yeah, in, in my book. Yeah, all the symbology. I've seen oh, it's, that. It's, yes. it's, it's like you've got the Washington Monument, which was an Egyptian obelisk. And you've got the the pool that's from it all the way to the wash. I mean, all the way to the uh, White House. So you've got the reflection pool the same way it's at Karnak with the Egyptians. The same obelisk is out from the Vatican in the middle there where the Vatican looks at it as well. And so there's just the, the commonality between all of that and how it was built and, and it was supposed to symbolize all these things. And if you look at the, you know, the, the pentagrams 
all the stuff, how it lines up with the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. I mean, it's just everything was laid of cornerstones on certain particular times. I mean, like 1005 is when we laid the cornerstone by the stone master masons or the Freemasons, you know, to build these things. I mean, you just can't make it up. I mean, they were worshiping Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer that fell from the sky, and he was a great illuminator. All of it's built like that in Washington, right. D.C., and there's right. been a lot of books that have been written on that. And You know, if you don't or if you're interested in it, all you have to do is Google that. And there's some really good books that show you the the the, the witchcraft behind uh, the layout. Well, that's that's what I was saying. Um, Helena, Helena, Bless, Bl- yeah, Bl- yeah, Bl- her, Blavatsky. I mean, yeah, I mean, and I do know that, you know, the three wise men were astrologers but i think now astrology has become dark in that way i mean i used to be a huge uh, <laughs> an advocate for it but i feel like it's dangerous oh yes the bible tells us that you can't do that now like i was mentioning earlier the bible has everything written in it if you take it down to the letters even the hebrew letters if you sound hebrew letters in sand it will form its letter in sand. Wow. And so everything, that's, that's right. Vibration is very, very important. And Satan's after to clip the vibrational pattern between you and God. And when he puts that vaccine inside of you, it's clipping that. Like I said, it's cutting that string like on a guitar. He's changing your tune. And you're and he's going to make you transhuman. So, you know, like I say, it's a catch-22. You know, I, I, somebody was saying, well, Joy, how do we get out of this? And I said, well, it's a, it's a perfect storm. It's, it's like I mentioned in my books. You know, you, you create the virus, and then you create the vaccine, but you were killing people with the virus, and you're going to kill people with the vaccine. And anybody that doesn't get the virus, we're going to try to kill you too because we're going to, make, we're going to hunt you down or we're going to smoke you out, and you can't live. Unless you have, you know, the things that your body needs, and that's food and water. So for those listening, you know, this may sound like a very depressing, like I need a stiff drink kind of a podcast. But it's it's really, you know, at this point, everything that's been spoken has come to fruition. And now is the time not to be afraid of a virus. You guys have heard me talk about it on this podcast. I've had it. You will You will make it through. And if you don't... <laughs> Uh, it was your time and maybe be grateful because, you know, who knows what's coming. But but I think more than ever, we need to know that standing on the right side is the only side. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the main thing. And that's why in scripture, you know, they always said to be absent of the body was to be with Christ. And that, that, that even, you know, the apostles and stuff wanted to be there. They were willing to die as martyrs. All of them did except John the Revelator, and he was boiled in oil and lived to tell about it and on the Isle of Patmos. But the thing about it is if you step outside of your body, you are not dead. So if you think that once your body is laying there that it's over with, I am here to tell you scientifically, you are still alive. So don't let anybody fool you that it's lights out. So when, when we panic during these times because we think, oh, my gosh, we may have to die, 
how am I going to survive this? You're going to have to believe. And I know faith is a hard thing, but I've tried to put in my books enough science to prove to you, like I said a while ago, when you step out, you are still you. Every one of the people that I've ever dealt with with near-death experiences, they knew who they were. They knew who people were. It was not some fake drama. They literally, they you look like yourself. You still have your consciousness. So there's a spiritual world all around us, all around us that we can't see because of our eyes are only able to see within a certain frame of light. We can't see infrared and we can't see into the uh, ultraviolet light. But when we use other things, we can see in those things and there are things there under a microscope or a telescope that we can't see with our naked eye, but they're there. So right. you've got to you've got to know that that scripture is 100 percent correct. A hundred percent. It's been 100 percent the whole time. Bank on knowing that it's going to be 100 percent all the time under every circumstance. So if you had to have your head cut off downtown in front of everybody with your children screaming, don't do it. Know that the moment that head is severed, you will not feel it. You will literally be standing there in a spiritual body with your mind, seeing it and knowing right. you're still alive. So that the thing that comes out of this is Satan wants you to believe that when you're dead, you're dead. He don't want you to think you're going to end up with him and be suffering and, and be in hell for all eternity. He wants you to think when you're dead, you're dead. So he's going to offer you eternal life. If you just keep taking those shots, if you just do what the mark of the beast says, we're going to make you live forever and ever and ever and ever. Look, we, you're, we, you're, you're, you know, your, your flesh is not dying. He's going to promise right. you life on this earth and he can't promise you life at all, but that's going to be his promise. And people will flock because they, everybody wants to live. Nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to die. Even the person that's doing suicide really don't want to die. They're either getting back at somebody they just can't deal with, deal with it anymore. They're really not wanting to die. But the thing is, you don't die. And that's what I'm trying to get out is that whether you're in the body or in the spirit, you're not dead. And when God comes back to, to get us, if we're caught up, we're going to be changing that body instant, instant. I mean, like in less than a blink of an eye, your body is going to go up into the heavens with him, but you're going to have your body with you. It just won't be left here. But those people that die between now and then, and they're with Jesus, when they come back at that catching away, you're going to get that body back and you're going to be fully immortal with your physical body, your spiritual body and your soul. And it stays with you forever. It's you. God created it. God can put it back together. That's what I'm telling you. Every, every, people don't understand that every cell of you is a holographic you. There is yep. another you. And, and just think about the millions of cells that you have been shedding off of your body since the day you were born. They're everywhere. Wow. So you can be put back together, you know, even if you were burned up and eat by a well or whatever. There's pieces of you that, like the Valley of the Dry Bones, can be brought back together. And in an instant, you will be rejoined with a physical body that becomes immortal. 
So it's not, I mean, I think that's the thing where people think this is the worst thing that could be happening. Yes, it is the worst thing. But what it's bringing about is the day that we will never cry again. We will never be sad. We will be with Jesus forever and ever. And even if we serve during that thousand year reign, we're in a we're we are in an immortal body. We will not die. Now, there will be people who will die that are still in their mortal bodies because they were born as such. But the moment of their death, if they have been following, they will be uh, given, uh, you know, eternal life. So it's not like anything goes away. It's the healing of the nations. It's, you know, heaven comes down there in Jerusalem. And you can just read into the scriptures and you'll find out what's going to happen after. But then at the end, it's that great white throne judgment. And then those people that have been in hell because they didn't get to enjoy that 1,000 year reign because they've been in hell. So he's going to bring them back up for judgment along with the people that went through the 1,000 year and chose to follow Satan. They're going to stand there in their immortal bodies. Wow. And I don't think people get that in their mind. So it, even though it sounds like it's tragic and we may have to really encounter some bad stuff, we are going to uh, know that your choice is to believe in Jesus and put Jesus first. Don't put your grandchild first. Don't put your wife first. Don't put nobody first except yeah. Jesus so that when you have to make that decision, it's going to be a hard one. Because if you never had a gun at your head or going to have your head cut off or whatever, and you've already given in to having a vaccine that you didn't check out because you wanted to see your grandchildren, be on the lookout. Satan is going to use good. Remember, his tree is good and evil. He's going to use something that looks like good to take you and your soul straight to hell for all eternity. And it is not lights out. Right. And that's the thing. Be vigilant. Be and scripture tells us be like the serpent, Discern. be as wise as serpents. Know your enemy. Yep, it's time to use discernment if you haven't already. It's yes. time to start right now, right this moment, and say your prayers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> keep your, your keep news. your keep your lamps lit. I think that parable is one of the greatest parables ever about the ten virgins. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they were they were all virgins. They were all good. But five of them let their oil go out. And when that when that catching away comes, you haven't got time to say, wait for me, because we're gone it's that fast. It's that fast. And there will be people going like, what happened to all these people? But because the mark of the beast is so prevalent, they'll be locked in that beehive mind and they will not even miss you. They will not even know that you are gone. Wow. Wow. Well, Dr. Joy, I know it is so late your time. I am so grateful that we finally were able to make this, um, this episode work because I know that this message needs to be heard now. Now. And I truly believe that this, this, that my mission has come to this and it was supposed to, and it was guided and it was a long journey to get here. And some of my you know, longtime podcast listeners, 140 episodes in now are going to be really shocked by this episode. But I think it's so important that they they hear it. Yes, because I'm going to tell you something. Your soul, like I said earlier, is your greatest asset. And my whole intent by what I do, and I've been oh, ridiculed and everything else. But when you know the truth, the truth will set you 
free and it will give you paradise to be with your creator forever. And that is your goal. Don't let it slide to the back side or not at the front. You put Jesus first. First. And I think what I'm most grateful for is your knowledge is so expansive and you've done so much research that, you know, you you present in a way where I think people who, you know, have been in other mindsets can can really resonate with the what what you're saying. Historians, scientists, New Agers, I think a lot of people can resonate with what you say because of the very you know, all the many different ways that you're coming at it, as you described earlier in the podcast. So thank you so much for shedding some insight onto a, an absolutely crazy wild and yet incredibly beautiful time in, in the existence of, of us. Yes. I'm sure that John, the revelator would have liked to seen these days that he told us was going to come to pass 2000 years ago, but we are living in that dose. Those days are here. So the takeaway is get right today. Get right now. If you're listening. Get right now. Yeah. Get right now. And as always, we include all the links in the show notes. So if you want to read some of Dr. Joy's books and start to just kind of open your eyes to all that is happening, um, check out the links in the show notes. Hit like, hit subscribe. We thank you for being here tonight. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.